Hey wrestling fans, it's Chop from Scumbags Wrestling. It might not look like Christmas right now, but it is around the corner. And you won't want to miss out on this amazing deal. It's part of Sick Kids Hospital on behalf of Steven's Wrestling Journey. Right now, if you contact me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com, you'll get this amazing t-shirt designed by Nigel Lewis for just $30. And because it's Christmas, I'm going to throw in this stocking stuffer of a poster, 11 by 17 for free. Now you can still get this poster for $15, but you can get the whole combo for $30 right now until December 15th. So contact me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com and support Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto on Steven's Wrestling Journey. And we are live. It is Thursday night. Yes, I have an LCBO bag, but we need that out of the way. Uh, it's Thursday night, and we are episode number 131 of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name's Sean, right here in London, Ontario. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us, whether it's on Facebook, YouTube, or on Twitch. And later on, when you join us on our podcast, whether it's on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart Radio, or anywhere else you get your podcast run. Thank you so much for joining us each and every week. We'd love to have your input. We'd love to have you be part of the show if you'd like to uh, have your input, your say. We have many outlets, uh, including the Fantasy Warfare Tournament, to uh, bring back in the new year, along with uh, this episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. So, there's, we're fan-friendly, and we'd love to have your input. Uh, as I said, it is now December 3rd, episode number 131. We got some news. We got unfortunate news uh, to start off uh, the show, but uh, we're also going to look at AEW last night with Dynamite for Winter is uh, coming. Uh, NXT is doing... Take over war games this weekend as well. So there's a lot to get to. And then, of course, we're going to be with Jonesy as long as his uh, voice holds up. But he is going to join us for uh, this week in history. I'm going to bring in Jonesy and see how he is right now. And we'll go from there. Jonesy in Niagara Falls, we see half your face. How are you tonight? Oh, ha, ha. there you go. That's better. Pardon me. Uh, I'm feeling sexy today as I sound very sexy. Hence the low-cut shirt in the collar um, area? No, I just didn't do up the buttons, that's all. Oh, okay. Didn't I don't like doing all the buttons up. It's too restricting. I like to, I like to let my three hairs out once in a while. Got arrowed occasionally, I guess. Uh, how are things uh, in Niagara Falls for you? Um, uh, it's okay. It's, uh, it snowed a, a lot the other day, but besides that, it's actually still nice out for this time of year. Yeah. Uh, we had a uh, dumping earlier in the week as well, and, uh, paths are clear at least. Uh, so it looks nice on the ground. Uh, it melted out of the trees, so that, uh, view is gone. But, uh, yeah, everything is, uh, December here in London. So wherever you are, 
let us know how things are. Um, on a side note, uh, starting off this week's uh, show, we found out the other day the passing of Pat Patterson. Uh, yeah, a lot of people probably uh, only remember him as one of the stooges of Vince McMahon during the Attitude Era, but he uh, definitely was a lot more than that. He was born uh, Pierre Clemont in uh, January 19th, 1941, Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and as I said, unfortunately died yesterday at the age of 79 in Miami, Florida. There was talk that he uh, was battling cancer, and unfortunately, uh, the first Intercontinental Champion uh, did not kick out and has uh, unfortunately lost <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Pat Patterson had quite the career uh, to him. Uh, worked for uh, Big Time Wrestling, Pacific Northwest Wrestling. Uh, worked for Big Time Wrestling in San Francisco. Championship Wrestling from Florida, AWA, uh, New Japan, uh, Loot International. Then worked for World Wrestling Federation, World Wrestling Entertainment, uh, off and on uh, from 1979 to, uh, to just recently, uh, this year, uh, 2020. Uh, I was North American champion in 1979. Uh, in uh champion, won in Rio de Janeiro, after uh, some imaginary tournament, if you look at history. Uh, but he did beat... Uh, Ted DiBiase to become the first Intercontinental Champion in 1979 as well. He had uh, various roles from 84 to 97. In uh, 97, he ended up becoming one of Vince McMahon's stooges uh, in until 2000. And he had a lot of backstage roles uh, off and on. Uh, people will also remember the fact that Pat Patterson was the creator of uh, the Royal Rumble. Uh, Pat had the idea numerous times and trying to bring it up to Vince of doing something different. And Vince just kept on pushing him off, pushing him off. And then all of a sudden, I think it was Dick Embersall or somebody uh, wanted something for a special show, which ended up being uh, on USA Network uh, coming from Hamilton's Cop Coliseum in 1987, and because they needed some sort of special attraction, uh, Vince basically said, okay, Pat, here's your opportunity to uh, do this, see if it works, whatever. Uh, it was a one-off, and, well, that was 87, and in just a month, in 2021, January, we're going to have another Royal Rumble, and we've had now the last couple of years, two Royal Rumbles in the same pay-per-view, men's and women's. There was the greatest Royal Rumble of all time uh, with 50 participants in Saudi Arabia. We've had it up to 20. Before, the first one only had tw uh, 20 people in it with Hacksaw uh, Jim Duggan winning the first one, eliminating uh, one-man gang last. So he's a, been known a lot uh, for that uh, huge legacy there. People uh, credit him as one of the best uh, people to come up with finishes. Um, when I mentioned it the other day, or posted it the other day on uh, our Facebook page, uh, Jonesy, you ended up mentioning uh, the fact that you liked him on um, Legends House. 
Yes, yes, I did. I thought he was a, a very funny person on that. Actually, uh, a guy that I would love to have had a drink with. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, he had one of the worst kept secrets in the, uh, all of wrestling because, you know, I guess it was at the end of Legends House that he officially came out of the closet. Uh, but everybody knew they had a uh, boyfriend. Uh, or long-term relationship uh, in WD. He unfortunately passed away as well, but it was, you know, known and not, not known uh, either. Like, people knew, uh, so it wasn't a great revelation when it came out on the end of uh, Legends House. Uh, and I guess his signature song, My Way, definitely... Uh, Exudes what Pat Patterson did. Oh. His whole career was done his way. Um, there is a few negative things, but I don't want to get into that because of the fact that, you know, the man just passed away and a lot of things were alleged. And, you know, let's just remember him for the uh, contributions that he made to the wrestling industry. As I said, the Royal Rumble, first Intercontinental uh, Champion, and the great finishes he's had to uh, different matches, which I believe he also had the uh, finish to uh, the WrestleMania 30 with Daniel Bryan, uh, finishing it with both titles after beating uh, both Triple H earlier in the show and then uh, Orton and Batista, uh, capping a huge uh, resurgence that the fans had to build up Daniel Bryan. So that, unfortunately, is Pat Patterson uh, passing. And uh, time to move on to some news and notes. Uh, UWN, United Wrestling Network, uh, was hit with COVID, and they're stopping until 2021. Um, it's not overly known. It was a pay-per-view. You can buy, uh, buy four-week packages on uh, Tuesday nights. They were teamed up with the NWA and a couple other uh, organizations, NWA just ended up uh, putting out Shockwave on Tuesday as well, and that was basically three matches from the first UWN uh, show. So, yeah, you can either pay for it or wait for uh, NWA to put it out later on. Um, so, that's uh, what's going on with them. Vince McMahon is not happy with talent and producers currently going overtime. There are a lot of time on TV as it takes away from the ending of shows and makes them have to rush uh, spots and finishes. Uh, talent were not happy with Raw opening this week with the moment of bliss and everything that happened with Randy Orton. But, of course, Vince McMahon has the last say, and he ignored everybody and opened the show with that. But it had a little bit of weird inconsistency as well because when they were talking back and forth, looking like they were uh, using each other, and the lights went out for The Fiend to come out. All of a sudden, Bliss is in Orton's hands, uh, in his arms. But she's not fighting the fact that she's there. Like, it was kind of odd. And then, almost like a hostage situation, he handed her over to The Fiend and then got away. Uh, I'm guessing they're trying to make... Uh, having them uh, the faces and Orton being the heel still. So, uh, yeah, that's what's going on with that. 
Uh, Chelsea Green was supposed to be coming into WWE as a stalker character, uh, obsessed with Mickey James. So reenacting what happened with Mickey James and Trish Stratus 15 years ago, but they had filmed some stuff and dropped it uh, without doing that. And then all of a sudden, there's, we saw a couple of weeks ago, Chelsea Green showed up and got kicked to the floor and broke her arm. So hopefully uh, things get off to a better start for Chelsea when she uh, does make it back to uh, the main roster of SmackDown. Uh, new people added to NXT WD uh, recruits uh, who just uh, arrived at the PC include Dez Wentz of the Rascals. Still no sign of uh, Trey, but all three of them are gone from uh, Impact Wrestling and uh, two definitely are part of uh, WWE. Also, Alex Zane Eichmann uh, from Japan. He was uh, uh, trained by Tajiri. And I missed the uh, girl's name. Uh, she was a WNBA star, uh, all recently signed to WWE. Uh, some talent are reportedly uh, not happy with Bruce Pritchard. Uh, at the moment, uh, and there's talk that Bruce likes playing games with people's careers, and he's the most powerful guy who's not named McMahon uh, in the company. And Conrad Thompson even stated that Bruce is uh, kind of worn out and very exhausted with his WWE work and also uh, doing the podcast still. So eventually something might have to give. Um, I think it's kind of odd, though, that you know, at one point, Vince McMahon had both Bischoff and Heyman there to do the work on Raw and SmackDown, and they're both gone, and Pritchard's doing both shows. Like, that's a little much for somebody to do five hours weekly uh, up to nine hours, I'd say, if you include um, pay-per-views and even... Uh, and all this other stuff that he's doing. That's a lot of work to do, a lot of talent uh, to put together. And that's why, I guess, uh, a lot of shows also are just last minute being written and only being finalized like a half hour before they're supposed to go live. I personally miss the days when WD actually booked from point A and worked their way backwards and to get to there and had long time uh, storytelling instead of this ADHD uh, booking on the fly. I, I felt that was uh, what killed WCW other than having uh, the inmates running the asylum. But, you know, the last minute booking and changing things and not having consistency is not good in any uh, regards, whether it's WD, AEW, or uh, impact and everybody else. So hopefully things get straightened around. I, I, as much as I love Vince McMahon, uh, I think it might be definitely, well, it has been for a while, time for him to step away and uh, let it go in a, a different direction and maybe be more organized where people are taking uh, their fair share of the load. Your thoughts on any of that, uh, Jonesy? Uh, no, sorry, I was messing with uh, <clears throat> my other monitor that's now working now. Just little computer problems today. Um, yeah, that's too much for 
one person to be the main idea guy for five hours. That's uh, and again, why is it the same old freaking farts? The same people that have been doing it for years. It yes, they could still be there and kind of in charge, but you need you need fresh people. You need fresh ideas. There's that plus well. I uh, feel that it needs to be actually talent who know what's going on, have been there. The comedy writers and former drama uh, writers can only get you so far. You need people who know the business and have imagination. There, there's talk that I've heard uh, different things that there's only like seven actual story plots that you can do anytime and of course you tweak things but there's only seven plots so you tweak them what's wrong with going back in time and finding out what worked and pull something from the nwa of the 70s or something like that the awa of the 80s and you know make everything old is new again and freshen things up like people have short attention spans and may or may not recognize um some recycling but there's nothing wrong with that either. Like we've seen it. And and I think there's little discussion last week, but I'd I'd like to see things like the the referees and the wrestlers actually have fun with each other as far as if you're a tag team, especially if you're a bad guy tag team, you should be trying to make as many tags that the referee doesn't see to see how many times you can fool the ref and to me that that might show the weakness of the referee but that shows how much better that tag team is at doing that and the referee will know that that team tries to do that and that could be kind of a, a real thing because even even in wrestling with you know it being storyline they can still do um more improv without even having lines just have it where they're going to try to cheat, but the referee, if he catches them, they're actually disqualified. Have some and matches that, that are kind of shoot matches. They're still, you know, kind of played out, but it doesn't matter who wins. And that's been the problem as well. There's hard uh, time to get heat, actual heat, uh, when people know what's going on. Like, okay, the fourth wall has been broken down, but... You look at certain people, they can still get legit heat. And why can't everybody else uh, find that uh, magic and make things more realistic and exciting for people to watch? Like, I just don't get it at times uh, why it's gone the way it has. It's become more of a television show is what it's become. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, speaking of TV shows, TLC is still being uh, worked on. There might be four matches verified, but they've only officially announced one of them with uh, McIntyre defending against uh, AJ Styles, and that doesn't even have one of the TLC um, components attached to it as a gimmick. I think that's where they pigeonhole themselves, unfortunately, with naming a pay-per-view like TLC. Uh, where you're expected to have tables, ladders, and chairs for no particular reason. Uh, I miss also the basic uh, pay-per-view names. 
whether you go back to WCW and use some of the Starcades and the Battle uh, Bowls and all this other stuff or uh, Super Brawls and even some old WWE names, at least, you know, there's your pay-per-view, not pigeonholing, as I said, yourself that, oh, it's December, we need to have this, or it's October, here comes Hell in a Cell. There's certain landmarks you can say, like Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, a King of the Ring, where you know those are going to be needed. But the other times, if a story requires a Hell in a Cell, why can't you have it in May? Why do you have to wait till October when it's scheduled? But yeah, so they could have a they could have a wheel that they spin that has all the other pay per views on. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so yeah, uh, hopefully things get uh, straightened up soon because TLC is going to be on December twentieth, and there can be last minute booking as well. Uh, Raw was as I said earlier. Uh, a total mess. So was SmackDown with uh, things only getting uh, finalized minutes before going on the air. And it makes it hard for talent to know, uh, show up, and am I going to get used? Am I not going to get used? Uh, I don't know why the chaos needs to happen. Uh, it looks like they were going to go with Daniel Bryan against Roman Reigns, but now they're going to go with uh, Kevin Owens against Roman Reigns probably at uh, TLC, and save uh, Dana Bryan for the Royal Rumble. Uh, and, of course, whoever comes out of the Royal Rumble hopefully will be the one challenging uh, Roman Reigns uh, for the uh, title. I can almost see at this point the uh, Royal Rumbles being won by somebody like Bianca Belair and Big E somehow or somewhere on that line. Um, Big E is supposed to get a push. And because they don't want to make him weak, that's why he wasn't part of uh, Survivor Series, either in the uh, Battle Royal or on Team SmackDown, because the Battle Royal wasn't going to get him anywhere, and being on the losing team of SmackDown when they got skunked didn't, wasn't going to keep him strong. So uh, it's only a matter of time before they uh, pull the trigger on Big E in his singles career. Uh, Walter has hit 600 days as NXT champion. Um, there's a question of who will be able to take that title off him. And I guess the uh, record actually is at 665 days, which Pete Dunn had. So will Walter uh, match that, surpass it? Or will somebody like maybe even uh, just discuss on uh, Facebook earlier today that Davy Boy Smith Jr., uh, Harry Smith, is done with MLW, and there's talk that he could come to WWE. Where would you like to see him go? I suggested NXT UK, where a guy uh, Harry's size going against Walter, he could take the title off him, and that would be the uh, big kickstart to his WWE career again that didn't go too far, especially after um, the Hart Dynasty uh, ran its course. But, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if somebody like uh, Harry or David Boy Smith Jr., however he wants to be addressed, is the one who uh, goes to UK and takes the belt off uh, Walter. Yvonne Dudley uh, is going through uh, some health issues at the moment. He has been away from um, the job due to illness, but he's hoping to be back to work soon. Uh, yeah. 
some update on the Alberto Del Rio situation. Uh, hopefully we never see him in wrestling again, but it looks like his court date uh, January 25th in Texas is now not going to happen because the ex-girlfriend they allegedly uh, assaulted and kidnapped has now recently come forward and apologized to the family for all the things that she said and the inconveniences that it's caused. And I guess it's thought that she exaggerated and lied about what happened and charges have been dropped against Del Rio. Now, I'm not surprised that uh, any charges or allegations like this have come up against him because he was kind of in a uh, weird and odd uh, relationship with Paige as well. But it looks like the guy's getting off uh, more ways than one, but uh, he's not going to get charged and face life imprisonment. But I do hope that nobody touches this guy in the wrestling business because he's just really greasy and creepy. Uh, Maybe guy- that's a new character. You know, just just greasy. <laughs> I know, he's he's just, a real, a real, actual bad guy. I yeah. don't care. I'm a Bruto Rio. I can wrestle. Yeah, he's it, just really one of those guys you don't want to befriend. Uh, I, I don't get him. He uh, is but, good. He is a good wrestler, and he's entertaining. Oh, I get that, but you know, unfortunately, just as I said, he's kind of really greasy and. A true life scumbag making scumbags look bad, but yeah, hopefully, uh, things get uh changed around with that. Jimmy Rave uh has retired from wrestling, uh, he had a 21 uh, year career, uh, did a couple of dark matches, I guess, or matches on uh, Heat. Uh, he also worked for Ring of Honor and Impact. I guess he ended up with an infection in his arm. And the doctors had to amputate his arm just to stop it from spreading any further. So, of course, with one arm, he doesn't feel like he can uh, continue with his wrestling career. Zach Gowan did it with one leg. But, uh, yeah, understandably, Jimmy Rave is uh, hanging up his boots for now and retiring. Hopefully, uh his 21 years of experience can be used elsewhere within wrestling, and he can still live that passion and pass on some information, maybe. Yeah, maybe he can become, you know, a teacher. He just won't, you know, be the guy you'll go to to show how to do, a, you know, a, 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 <laughs> an arm. I honestly admit this, folks. I'm going to help. It's one of those days. Uh, the Thunderdome will have uh, some issues when they uh, move to Tropicana Field. Uh, apparently, there's some sound issues because of how big the baseball uh, park is, and so they're going to have to solve those issues. Plus, Tropicana Field has a uh, colony of pigeons that uh, take up residence. Uh, if, you, uh, if you've ever seen any baseball games from there, there's pigeons uh, like on the ma- feet away from the mound. Uh, during games, and so this will be interesting if they're not able to get rid of these uh, pigeons, and oh. all of a sudden you see something happen during one of the uh, matches. Who knows? 
Too bad Brooklyn Brawler wasn't still around. That'd be great entrance for him. <laughs> Walk through the pigeons. Yep. So that's happening. Uh, congratulations to Leon Ruff and WWE referee Aja Smith. They just recently got engaged. Uh, Ruff is the current North American champion in NXT. And Aja, I believe, is also uh, refing in NXT at the moment as well. Jeff Hardy is said to be okay after a huge bump that he took on the steps when he did his swanton onto Elias this past Monday. Really crazy bump. I'm not sure if you saw it, uh, Chris. The stairs where they are by the ring, there was a table uh, laid out with Elias, and Jeff did his swanton, but as he went through Elias, his back of his head hit the stairs. It, it definitely look back on YouTube. It's probably uh, uh, there, but it was quite the uh, scary bump. But he was able to get the pin on Elias. Uh, waved off the referee saying he was okay, but definitely uh, a bump that should not have happened. Like uh, he should know by now not to uh, do stupid things like that. Move the stairs or go out a little bit further so more of his back was going to be across Elias, but. It was really tight because you had the stairs, the table, and the uh, barricades that are there before you get into the crowd spot of uh, where the TV monitors are. But thankfully, uh, Jeff Hardy is okay. WD is still teasing a possible heel turn with Sheamus on Drew McIntyre. Current storyline has them being best friends and former tag team partners over in the UK. And... Uh, Seamus getting a trunk from his family to give to Drew and everything. They were hinting at it the other day with uh, Miz and Morrison, but he hasn't turned uh, heel. He's still acting the babyface role, but I feel, like most, that it's only a matter of time before he turns on his best friend and goes after the championship, whether it's at the Royal Rumble or they hold off a little bit longer. Mia Yim, who is also known as Reckoning in... Uh, Retribution ended up going against Dana Brooke, and like seconds into the match, her mask ended up coming off, and they had to toss it to the side, and she ended up losing the match. But they had to figure something else out for Mia's mask if uh, there's planning on keeping that gimmick on her. And so, yeah, that's a lot of the news that's going on. Uh, this Sunday, WWE has a few things going on. If you are able to uh, check out uh, your local Fox affiliate um, before or after a football game, there's going to be tribute to the troops. I haven't heard if the uh, the Sportsnet uh, is going to have it here in Canada, but on Fox you can catch uh, tribute to the troops. They brought it back. They didn't do it last year, even though they recorded an episode of it. Uh, there's going to be some band named Hardy, not uh, Jeff Hardy's band, Oxygen, or anything like that, or whatever you pronounce it as. But three matches that are uh, scheduled and been recorded for this one-hour uh, special include Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair teaming to go against Bailey and Natalia. Drew McIntyre is going to have a non-title uh, match against The Miz, who's your current uh, Money in the Bank title and uh, briefcase holder. And there's going to be a 10-man tag team match 
featuring Daniel Bryan, Rin Stereo, Jeff Hardy, and the Street Profits taking on King Corbin, Elias, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, and Bobby Roode. And as I said, that's one hour special Sunday sometime during the day on Fox either before or after a football game. So uh, check your local listings and see what happens. Uh, also Sunday is going to be NXT TakeOver War Games, which I have been for. Um, I don't have the uh, graphic for the one match that's going to happen, uh, which is just signed uh, last night. Yeah, concerning Timothy Thatcher taking on Tommaso Ciampa, former NXT uh, champion. Uh, for that one, I see yeah, Thatcher probably picking up the victory. I guess he had a protege uh, with him, and uh, it would help further this feud along a bit because uh, it just started uh, last night, and I don't think it's good for Ciampa to win their first time out. Um, Dexter Lewis and Cameron Grimes are going to face off against each other in a strap match. Um, these two went against each other at Halloween Havoc in a uh, weird little cinematic match that had them at Haunted House. And Grimes running from it and making his way back to um, the performance center. And then Loomis was there, and there were some zombies going on, and all the other fun stuff. Um, but seeing Cameron Grimes picking up the victory on this one, uh, even though Loomis uh, used the strap on uh, Grimes just last night. Speaking earlier of Leon Ruff, he is going to be defending his North American Championship against former champions. Uh, Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest uh, definitely outmatched uh, by these two uh, veterans, uh, Priest and Gargano. And I think this might just be how Priest ends up getting the title back. Uh, so I'm going to go with Damian Priest picking up the uh, North American Championship for a second time. Then there's going to be two War Games matches. Uh, of course, one of these are going to start off the night, um, most likely the women's, as Team Shotzi, which has Shotzi Blackheart, Amber Moon, uh, Rhea Ripley, and who's not in this picture, uh, current NXT Women's Champion, Io Shirai. They're going to take on Team Candice, which consists of Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm. Last night, Shotzi Blackheart ended up winning a ladder match over Raquel Gonzalez to become the team that has the advantage instead of doing the old uh, coin toss. Uh, Shotzi's team has the advantage uh, when the periods start, which is really odd because usually for war games, it's always the heels that have the advantage. So I see in this case, though, um, I think that they go with the faces winning still. Um, because I think in the main event, uh, which is going to be the Undisputed Era, uh, Adam Cole, Roger Strong, Tyler Riley, and Bobby Fish taking on Team McAfee, Pat McAfee, Pete Dunn, Danny Burch, and Oni Lorcan, the current tag team 
is. I see this is going to be where Pat McAfee's team picks up the victory. Now it's going to be one of two things that either, well, the other day, should I go back to a week ago, when he done ended up winning the uh, right for the heels to get the advantage in their war games match. Uh, he won a ladder match against Kyle O'Reilly. And there was a uh, figure in a hood and mask that uh, helped he done win. Now, I don't think it was uh or because he would have been out in the open going, hey, look, it was me who did it. That unknown person is going to be who costs Undisputed Era the match. Now, I'm not sure if it's a member of Undisputed Era, like, say, a Roger Strong, who is uh, turning on his team, or I thought also it could be somebody like Tyler Bate, who could be joining Pat McAfee's team. Uh, he, he competed a lot against Pete Dunn. It's Chop from the Scumbags of Wrestling. It might not look like Christmas right now, but it is around the corner. And you won't want to miss out on this amazing deal. It's part of Sick Kids Hospital on behalf of Steven's Wrestling Journey. Right now, if you contact me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com, you'll get this amazing t-shirt designed by Nigel Lewis for just $30. And because it's Christmas, I'm going to throw in this stocking stuffer of a poster, 11 by 17, for free. Now, you can still get this poster for $15, but you can get the whole combo for $30 right now until December 15th. So contact me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com and support Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto and Steven's Wrestling Journey. sound odd on his end. I hope I'm not sounding odd on everybody else's end. Um, definitely apologize if that is. We'll have to work on this. You sound like a board. <laughs> but I do have a feeling it is actually on Jonesy's end. Uh, please send me a message uh, if this is a problem on your end. Um, before we go into AEW Dynamite, I just want to remind people that on Christmas Eve, you can tune into Go Hard Pro, that's Holden Albright's uh, creation, along with uh, his friends, 
Transparency, um, Alexia Nicole, Scotty O'Shea, uh, Evan Greenway, and many more as part of this uh, show that was funded by fans uh, through a Kickstarter uh, GoFundMe. Uh, so that is going to happen on YouTube. Uh, Go Hard Pro Christmas Eve, and you won't want to miss it. Uh, hopefully everything is still able to go off. Uh, I'm not sure what their setup is going to be to be able to get around um, the COVID provincial uh, restrictions that are uh, in place and uh, keeping everybody healthy. If it is able to still go off, I wish them all the best. I'm going to continue to plug away from them. Uh, but, yeah, definitely uh, find a way to check me out if they're able to continue with their show and support independent wrestling. Now, AEW uh, Dynamite last night, they were looking at doing a special pay-per-view, non-pay-per-view event of um, their show Dynamite and entitled it Winter is Coming. Uh, it started off with the Diamond uh, Battle Royal. Uh, all the guys were on the outside. Bell rang, they got inside and uh, started battling. Uh, they were able to do a few of their uh, storylines throughout the whole thing, including Miro's uh, feud with Orange Cassidy, Dark Order trying to recruit uh, Adam Page, Matt Hardy looking like a heel uh, veteran uh, type uh, thing. And then, of course, the ending came with, well, they also uh, continued the never-ending feud with Sean Spears and Scorpio Sky. But the ending came when it was done to Wardlow and uh, MJF, and they were in the ring, and they realized, wait a minute, there was still one left, and it was Orange Cassidy. They went to the outside where he was laying, got him back in the ring, and Orange ended up eliminating Wardlow. And so next week on Dynamite is going to be MJF against Orange Cassidy for the Diamond uh, Ring. And we'll see if uh, MJF can retain his ring from uh, last year or if Orange Cassidy will be the new holder of the uh, Diamond Ring. Uh, then Kazarian took on Chris Jericho. Jericho is looking really bad, to be honest. Like, I, I have a belly. I get that. Jericho is getting that same belly that I have. And he's uh, 50 years old and a professional uh, wrestler. So he obviously should be in better shape than I am. But it's kind of a weird thing when the wrestlers get that age. Jake Harvard's got the big belly. Uh, Jericho is not looking so good. Um, there was some hints that Inner Circle were going to interfere, not interfere. Uh, Santana, I mean, Ortiz was going to use a weapon, but Hager got him to stop. Next thing you know, Jericho's in a balls of day, Boston crowd, and MJF comes up with Wardlow, is about to throw in a towel. Sammy Guevara stops him. By the time uh, Jericho gets out of it, he sees Guevara with the towel, so he kind of looks a little suspicious with that, of him not having confidence in Jericho. When it all finishes, Jericho hit uh, the Judas effect, got the victory over uh, Kaz, but then Inner Circle started fighting each other, and Jericho has given them an ultimatum that next week they have to be either on the same page or the uh, Inner Circle is being uh, disbanded. I think it's way too early for uh, that to happen, so that I see them going to stay together, but they keep on sowing those seeds, and eventually it's going to lead to Chris Jericho turning the face. Uh, in the end. 
say it'll be next week where they have their uh, ultimatum thing going on. The Young Bucks were confronted backstage by the Acclaimed, and then they were attacked by uh, the Hybrid 2, and they're going to go against each other next week. Uh, Bert Baker got beat Layla uh, Hirsch. She's a four foot eleven Russian uh, powerlifter, I guess, uh, but she is barely looking over that top rope. Uh, with how tall uh, Bert Baker was compared to her, it was just a really odd looking uh, match. Uh, but Layla did well for herself, but still lost to Bert Baker with the uh, lockjaw. Cody and Darby Allen uh, beat Powerhouse uh, Hobbs and Ricky Starks. After the uh, match, Taz went after Arn Anderson. Co uh, Dustin Rose made the save and out came Brian Cage. Uh, the heels had the advantage. Next thing you know, the lights go out. There's a video shown uh, almost looking like, like a Game of Thrones Winter is Coming type deal. Uh, you saw a crow in there. Surprise, surprise. And next thing you know, when the lights come on, uh, there's snow, and out comes Glacier. No, shouldn't have Glacier in that rate. But it was Sting. Um, his contract recently ended with WWE, his Legends deal. And now all of a sudden Sting is in AEW, 61 years old. The heels ended up disappearing into thin air. Uh, out came Sting. He looked at Arn Anderson. It looked like he saw a ghost. Yeah, Tony Schiavone going, it's Sting! And uh, then he looked at Cody. They went over and uh, stared uh, Darby in the face. Ended up leaving the ring and walking out. I, that was his appearance. As much as Sting is a huge icon, unintended because of uh, his uh, moniker, He's 61 years old, a WWE Hall of Famer, got injured five years ago in a match with Seth Rollins, where he openly admitted that he took the buckle bomb wrong and was responsible for his own mishaps and had needing to retire. Is it AEW? Why? What is he going to do? Is this another old-timer going to be by uh, another up-and-comer's side? where he's going to overshadow that person. Uh, and it once again harkens back to AEW cannot let WCW just die and form their own path. They are trying to live in the shadow and ruins of a company that clearly failed because the inmates were in the asylum. And what's going on in AEW? You've got active wrestlers running AEW, along with a rich mark in Tony Khan. I don't get it. Jonesy, before I finish off uh, the rest of the show, what do you think of this whole Sting thing? You're on mute. There you go. No, I just, I muted it because I was... I was seeing, anyways, um, oh yeah, Stink, uh, you know what, he can do whatever he wants, but it's the same old, it's like WCW is back again, yay, uh, TNA, I mean not TNA, AEW, 
stop trying to be WCW. Move on, become something new. But they won't do that. So, again, I don't think AEW is going to be around for more than a couple more years. Eventually, Tony Khan is going to run out of money. He's going to realize it's a mistake. It will be sold to someone for cheap. It will continue, but it will just be a little fragment again of what it could have been. Yeah, it, I get and I respect history. That's why we do the whole uh, This Week in History deal and honoring the legends. I get. But when you look back on it, the TNT title looks like the old NWA WCW television title, right down to the red strap and the uh, silver uh, or white gold uh, embossing of it. You have Tony Schiavone, uh, JR. Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, uh, now Sting, you have uh, War Games or Blood and Guts, uh, using all the names of uh, WCW pay-per-views that are not trademarked by Vince. You had Eric Bischoff show up. When does this end? Why is Cody always living in the shadow of his dad? Uh, Dusty was a great wrestler. He knew uh, how to book things. And there's no problem in honoring Dusty, but when you're living for trying to rectify what he did or resurrect what he did and bring it to the forefront again, it's not giving us a new product. It's giving us a rehash with insert character A, but still giving us a WCW. I don't get it. I wish they'd explain it to us. So that was uh, the segment with Sting, which, though, to his credit, he has a lot of merchandise on uh, uh, Pro Wrestling Tees that sold out the, or sold the most merchandise ever in uh, 24 hours or less. Uh, so you may or not, you may not be able to get some Sting merchandise from uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, but if you do, you're not going to be the, uh, a unique item because everybody's buying it. Anyways, um, Alex Marvez uh, was with backstage with the women's champion Cheetah and talked about Abaddon uh, going after her. She said that uh, Abaddon is just a uh, cosplayer and she's not worried about her. Then something fell and she acted scared and quickly got out of there but asked to redo it. And so it was almost that whole psycho Sid, hey, can we redo this? And nope, we're live, pal. Uh, even that exact line was where a lot of so they were making fun of Sid there, and she ended up running off, and they're actually making a little bit of a story for the women after a year and a half. But then we saw the main event, uh, John Moxon defending the AEW Championship against Kenny Omega. Kenny is back being the cleaner from uh, his New Japan uh, times. Don Callis, who is a good friend of uh, Kenny Omega, both from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, and uh, grew up or worked together. Um, he was on commentary. They even acknowledged him as being one of the executive vice presidents of Impact Wrestling. Uh, this was not uh, Don's first appearance on AEW, so there made sense that he was there for this to support his friend Kenny Omega because he was invited again to be there. Um, the match went back and forth uh, between the two. Uh, at one point, yeah, 
actually ended up being two chairs, and they thought he was going to break the gentleman's rule of not using any weapons, but he sat them up and asked Omega to sit across them, and they started hitting each other, and Omega ended up getting the uh, better of uh, Moxley, but they went back and forth again. Next thing you know, uh, Omega's hitting his head on the outside, and referees are coming to attend to him. Callus gets up to check on his uh, good friend and wanting the match to stop. Um, Moxley doesn't uh, adhere to any of this, goes after uh, Kenny, gets him back in the ring. Somehow Callus gets a microphone trying to convince him to stop the match. Uh, Moxley hits Callus, which then the microphone magically ends up in Omega's hands. As referees uh, distracted by uh, stuff with Don Callis, Omega uh, goes against his word of being a gentleman and takes out Moxley with the microphone, cutting him open with a microphone. Yes, bad blade job, really. But uh, then a whole bunch of V-triggers lately uh, after that and a uh, one-winged angel, and you have a new... AEW champion, the first guy who's held that title that did not have a WWE career, even though he did work in developmental, but, you know, first non-WWE guy to hold that uh, title, and so, you know, Don Callis and him get the heck out of Dodge, and instead of celebrating together this victory, they go past everybody, and they're going to by people backstage, and include Jerry Lynn, and wonder why it's going on, um, Commentators saying this is bullshit, barely use that word, and uh, they're thinking they got screwed or the Moxley got screwed. And just as they get to a waiting vehicle, Alex Marvez pops out of nowhere and asks, What's going on? and tell us what's happening. And they end the show basically with Don Callis saying, You're not going to find out until Tuesday when we uh, give our statement. And Marvez is just like, what, on uh, Dark? Or, no, we're on Wednesdays. And Callis uh, is like, no, you will see our response next Tuesday on Impact Wrestling. And so, looks like Impact Wrestling and uh, AEW have a little bit of a working relationship at the moment. This will probably be the most anticipated uh, episode of Impact, which has already been recorded, so we're going to probably insert a uh, segment uh, involving these two uh, and the world title there. But, uh, yeah, probably be the most uh, anticipated episode of Impact in a long time by people wanting to find out what's going on and who knows how the uh, working relationship's going to be. Omega has, I think, a uh, title defense at Triple Mania with Triple A. Uh, so they're working with them. Uh, Moxley, I figured, was going to drop the title anyways because he might be going to Japan to uh, defend his uh, U.S. title uh, and possibly be part of Wrestle Kingdom, so he could be gone for at least a month and a half, a few months, uh, to do stuff with them. Plus, Renee's pregnant, but, uh, yeah, not surprised that uh, Moxley dropped the title. Uh, I guess the biggest surprise was the fact that they're doing a business with uh, AEW and uh, Impact, and they ran out of time as uh, Eddie Kingston called out Lance Archer after what happened last week. And so they were stretched for time. Um, Jonesy, your thoughts on this whole Omega winning the title and uh, working relationship with Impact? 
Uh, I don't care about him winning the title of the Impact thing. Yeah, that that's good. That's something they... If they want to compete and be seen, like, bigger than the WWF, what they need to do is be the forerunner of getting all the indie promotions together and becoming bigger than the WWF. That's the only way you're going to compete with them. And it's going to take a long time to do that. Well, they also seem to be uh, the guys who want to say that they're willing to work with anybody uh, and make wrestling one big community. Because even uh, Omega mentioned, uh, I guess, last week or so, that he'd be willing to uh, work a talent exchange with WWE. And uh, some of those dream matches could actually happen with like him against... Uh, say AJ or him against uh, Rollins yes. and stuff like that. And, and of course, they're going to say that. Who's the get- winner in that? AEW is the winner, and WWE is going. Yeah, I don't think so, guys. Yeah, it's exactly like how WCW tried to call out Vince McMahon uh, and Bischoff wanted to fight him. Bischoff did all this calling out and wanted to work together, and Vince is just like, no, I'm not showing up on your product. Now, WCW was dumb uh, at the same time when they didn't uh, allow the DX invasion to actually come through their door because they would have benefited from uh, WWE being on their show. But that was hindsight. They were dumb. And that would have been something that would have been amazing if it happened. But AEW and WWE doing some sort of talent exchange. Unless they're the same company, it's not going to happen. So that concludes this week in wrestling. Now let's take a trip back in time with Jonesy and this week in history. I have a list uh, also with me, uh, those who are listening and watching live right now. Uh, so if Jonesy's voice does not hold out for any of it, I can uh, pick up some slack uh, as well. But uh, this week's episode looks like it's going to be a lot of birthdays uh, as opposed to a lot of events like happened uh, the last couple of weeks. So Jonesy, let you take that drink and we will start off. Yeah, not that many Survivor Series matches uh, in this one. Uh, So this is Week in History, November 27th to December 3rd. Uh, We'll start with November 27th. Uh, 71 years ago today, NWA World Heavyweight Champion Oville Brown forfeits the title to Lou Fez due to injuries suffered in a car accident and would end his career. 28 years ago today, NWA, in association with Jim Crockett Promotions, presented Starcade 86, Night of the Skywalkers, from the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, uh, North Carolina, and the Omni Center in Atlanta. Uh, the venues would alternate having matches. We saw Wahoo McDaniel defeat Rick Rude in an Indian strap match. Tully Blanchard defeated Dusty Rhodes in a first blood match to win the NWA World Television Championship. And Big Bubba Rogers defeated Ron Garvin in a street fight. The Road Warriors defeated the Midnight Express in a scaffold match. This is the match where Corny broke some limbs falling from the bottom of the scaffold. 
uh, NWA World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair and NWA United States Champion Nikita Koloff wrestled to a double DQ. Koloff replaced Magnum TA because of his career ending uh, after a car accident. 29 years ago today, WWF presented Survivor Series 91, The Gravest Challenge. FYI, this is the first Survivor Series that features a singles match of any kind. And totally. in an odd bit of... Sorry? Totally ruined the concept of Survivor Series after that, when they started putting singles matches and stuff. Well, they they let it become a regular event. I think adding a, say, a main one or two singles matches, important ones, that's fine. But once they start doing regular matches, it's like, fuck off. But anyways, uh, and an odd bit of booking uh, of the time, the championship match was slotted in the middle of the show. Uh, this would happen again uh, the next year at WrestleMania 8. Ric Flair was the sole survivor beating uh, Piper's team. Sergeant Slaughter's whole team survived in a shitty match against Colonel Mustafa, the berserker Skinner in Hercules. Uh, in, a, in the Survivor Series match. The Undertaker defeated Hulk Hogan to win the WWF Championship. The Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal won a rare three-on-three Survivor Series uh, match after Sid Justice dropped out due to an injury and Jake and Savage dropped out because of the famous snake bite angle. 21 years ago today, Yasuhiro uh, Kojima, best known to wrestling fans as Hiro Matsuda, dies of colon cancer. He was 62. He would uh, have two runs with WCW in the late 80s, uh, once in 87 as a manager of for Lex Luger in his feud with Dusty Rhodes, and again in 1989 as a manager of a renamed Four Horsemen called Yamasaki Corporation. Most famously, Kojima was the trainer of some of the most successful wrestlers in history, including Hulk Hogan, Lex Luger, Ron Simmons, uh, Kid Muda, uh, Great Muda, uh, Scott Hall, and Paul, Paul Orndorff. His stiff, no-nonsense style designed to teach new trainees respect for business and toughen them up. Hi! Fifteen years ago today, WWE presented Survivor Series. This was the first pay-per-view following the death of Eddie Guerrero earlier in the month. Booker T, uh, Booker T defeated Chris Benoit in the first match of the Best of Seven Series for the vacated WWE United States Championship. Uh, Triple H defeated Ric Flair in a last-man-standing match. And Team SmackDown, Batista, Rey Mysterio, Don... Uh, JBL, uh, Bobby Lashley, and Survivor Randy Orton defeated the Team Raw, which was Michaels, Kane, The Big Slow, Carlito, and Chris Masters. And um, this Booker T defeated Chris Benoit in uh, the first of Best of Seven series. Didn't they do that in WCW? Yeah, they did in WCW, and WWE enjoyed it so much that they let them redo it again in uh, WWE. But ex- think this time it actually went seven matches as opposed to, I think, WCW had them go best of seven with eight matches. Oh, kind of like those weird, I believe, like the World Series in baseball used to be like that, where there could be a game eight. Uh, it had something to do with the amount of points or something. There uh, was a draw. I oh, think okay. one ah, there you go. That makes sense then, yeah. Um, so November 28th, 
uh, 35 years ago today, NWA, in association with uh, Jim Crockett Promotions, presented Starcade 85, The Gathering, from the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina, and the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. Buddy Landell defeated Terry Taylor to win the NWA National Championship. Magnum D.A. defeated Tully Blanchard in an I Quit Steel Cage match to win the NWA United States Championship. The Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson defeated Ivan and Nikita Koloff in the Steel Cage match to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. Dusty Rhodes defeated Ric Flair to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. But it was overturned a week later by referee Tommy Young uh, due to interference by Arn Anderson. This perhaps is the most well-known and polarizing of dusty finishes in wrestling history. A dusty finish is a finish that teases one result, usually in favor of the babyface, usually for a title, only to have said result reversed on the technicality, i.e. outside interference or in intentional over-the-top throw. Ten years ago today, <clears throat> actor Leslie Nelson died of complications of pneumonia at a Fort Lauderdale hospital. Uh, he was 84. Besides his fame for movies, he was part of the WWF universe along with George Kennedy when at SummerSlam 94 they tried to find the real Undertaker. It's a happy 37th birthday of Danielle Monette, best known to wrestling fans these days as Summer Rae. Yesterday would have been the 58th birthday of Davy Boy Smith, best known to wrestling fans as the British Bulldog. One of uh, was one half of the British Bulldogs with his cousin Tom, the Dynamite Kid, Billington. The duo won the WWF Tag Team Championship in 1986. Smith struck it big on his own as a singles competitor, winning the WWF IC Championship, the first WWF European Champion, the Hardcore Belt, and also held the WWF Tag Team Championship gold with Owen. He was 39. At the time of his death, Smith had been training for a comeback and even wrestled three matches that weekend with his son, Harry. An autopsy revealed that antibiotic steroids and other drugs combined with the stress of his body led to his death. Well, it, also didn't, it also didn't help <laughs> the trap door that WCW had during the whole uh, Ultimate Warrior uh, return or invasion, whatever angle they had over there and they had that stupid trap door allowing him to disappear and reappear uh nowhere and davy fell on it one night and uh ended up hurting his back and that didn't uh help what with his addiction to uh painkillers and that now for me it's like okay you had it you had it in the war games cage why didn't you rig it up so that he could have came just between the two rings have the smoke bomb so it's in both rings so he could have came up. They wouldn't have to go through the trouble of putting a, a, a trap door in there. That would have made sense, but I think it was... To me, too, it wasn't... It was, that whole thing wasn't worth it because it did it too fast. Poof, it goes on. There's the warrior, and then poof, there goes another smoke bomb, and he's gone. It was stupid. It was, it was again, WCW screwing up what could have been a cool thing but they screwed it up, and they fucked up a wrestler. Yeah. Way to go, W. <clears throat> so today, 
uh, would have been the 71st birthday of Marshall Aaron Meyer, uh, best known to wrestling fans as Lee Marshall. Born in Los Angeles, Marshall was a longtime radio announcer, working in a number of radio stations around the country and in Canada. In wrestling, he hosted AWA on ESPN and calling many matches in the promotion's later days, and was the ring announcer for the Los Angeles portion of WrestleMania II, which was his only WWF appearance. In the mid and late 90s, he was part of the World Championship Wrestling's broadcast team. He was also the voice of Tony the Tiger since 99, or Thorough Ravenscroft. Um, and succeeded him in 2005. On April 26, 2014, Marshall died of aspirinical, God, that's a hard one to say, something to do with the esophagus, so it's esophageal, that's it, cancer in Santa Monica, California. He was 64. He was survived by his wife, Judy, son, and stepdaughter, and granddaughter, Kate. Today would have been the... Uh, 82nd birthday of famed football player and wrestler Ernest Ladd, a.k.a. the big cat Ernie Ladd. Ladd was a part of uh, four AFL championship games, all with the Chargers, and was part of the AFL championship winning team in 1963. He was a four-time AFL All-Star from 1962 to 65. He was a part of the group of players that organized a boycott of the 1965 AFL All-Star Game due to racism experience in New Orleans. The game was moved to Houston. Initially wrestling as a publicity stunt in the San Diego area in 61, that began to wrestle full-time during the AFL's off-season. When a knee injury ended his football career, Ladd turned to wrestling full-time in 1969. He had championship matches with Bruno San Martino, Pedro Morales, and Bob Backlund. After leaving the WWF, he wrestled for Bill Watts in the Mid-South Territory. In 1995, Ladd was inducted into the WWF Hall of Fame. One year earlier, he was inducted into the WCW Hall of Fame. I wonder where that plaque is. One of just seven men inducted there. In late 2003, Ladd was diagnosed with colon cancer. Told he had at most six months to live, Ladd would survive for more than three years before succumbing to the illness on March 10, 2007 at age 68. At the time of his death, he was survived by his wife of 45 years, Rosalind, and four children. And if you'd like to handle this date, and I will re-wet my whistle. No problem. That takes us to November 29th, uh, 26 years ago uh, in Chicago, Illinois. Tito Santana defeated Cowboy Bob Orton to win the AWF Heavyweight Championship. He was virtually the only heavyweight champion in the company's existence. One night in 1996, Orton won the title but was forced to vacate it due to interference during the match. I remember a little bit of the AWF. I thought it was a lot more like a WWF uh, product with their old timers uh, being moved over to there. Um, I was going to college at the time when this uh, existed, and Jonesy would uh, end up uh, recording them for me since I didn't have cable. Uh, take them back home to my uh, apartment and watch them. Uh, so I oh my have, god! Uh, I totally for, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I have videos of these somewhere in a box uh, existing 
uh, in this nice. city. And uh, what is nice is that you can find pretty much the whole series on YouTube. And that's why I got thinking. I, I did share one of these episodes, I believe, with the wrestling nerds when they were doing a brief uh, throwback Saturdays or whatever retro Saturdays. Oh yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I think I might end up bringing it to the Scumbags uh, page and do a weekly uh, showing of the AWF. And maybe we'll find some other uh, classic, uh, long lost uh, wrestling shows and uh, have some throwbacks on our uh, Facebook page. But, yeah, definitely the AWF is uh, something to behold uh, for sure. And that was uh, 29, uh, sorry, 26 years ago with Tito. 22 years ago today, British wrestling uh, legend Giant Haystacks died of cancer in his home in uh, Pestwich, England. He was 52 years old. Um some neat facts about him. His birth weight was 14 pounds, 6 ounces. Haystacks later, uh, Giant Calhoun, uh, was named after American wrestling star William Calhoun. A devout Roman Catholic, he refused to uh, compete on Sundays. Uh, he stood 6 foot 11 and weighed 685 pounds at his heaviest. He would wrestle also for Stampede Wrestling in Canada Catch Wrestling Association in Germany and Austria, WCW in the United States as Loch Ness. Um, he was briefly a member of the Dungeon of Doom, as you see here in this picture. Uh, but following a cancer diagnosis, he returned to England. He was 52 at the time of his death. He was survived by his wife and three sons. Now, was this the guy that we seen at Medway Arena for a show? Uh, possibly. I'm trying to remember, but yeah. Are you tagging back in or am I continuing? Oh, you're done today? No. 21 years ago on Monday Nitro, WCW television title was abandoned when Scott Hall threw it in the trash. Hacksaw Jim Duggan went garbage picking and dug it out and claimed it for himself as champion. 21 years ago on Raw uh, from Los Angeles, Triple H revealed on Titantron that during Stephanie's wedding to test that he drugged her up the night before when Mae Young and Moolah gave her a drink at the bachelorette party. And took her to the cha uh, chapel drive through in Las Vegas. That, that chapel actually has a lot of history. I believe uh, Colonel Robert Parker and uh, uh, Sherry uh, segment in WCW happened there. I think even in real life, uh, someone involving either Jerry Lawler or Jim Ross and Jan ended up happening at that uh, wedding chapel in Las Vegas. So uh, definitely uh, something to look up the history of that uh, chapel. But uh, with the good old days of drugging females and all that, and she still stuck uh, with them and turned on her daddy later on at Armageddon in December. Um, Test, unfortunately, didn't uh, last much longer in WWE uh, or totally got actually pushed to the wayside. He did cut his hair and was part of uh, TNA with Albert and Trish, but 
yeah, uh, this ultimately led to a real-life romance with Triple H and Stephanie. Ten years ago on Raw, Sheamus defeated John Morrison to win the 2010 King of the Ring Tournament. Nine years ago today, comedian Patrice O'Neill died of complications due to a stroke in Englewood, New Jersey. He was a member of WWE Creative in the early 2000s, and he was just 41 years old. Happy 52nd birthday, or would have been 52nd birthday, to E.G. Azaki. I probably butchered his name, best known to fans as Hayabusa. He spent the majority of his career in frontier martial arts wrestling and was generally regarded as the face of the company. He wrestled briefly in Mexico in the mid-90s and one match in ECW in 98. His career ended in 2001 after a botched springboard moonsault causing him to lose footing and landed on his head. He cracked uh, two of his vertebrae and left him paralyzed for a year. FMW would close down four months after his retirement. Sadly, he drop-kicked the bucket away on... Uh, bad pun there. Uh, <laughs> March 3rd, 2006. Uh, it would have been the 78th birthday of Eugene Arthur Okerlin, best known as Mean Gene. He worked in radio uh, before wrestling. WD Hall of Fame in 2006. He was fantastic in the uh, WD's Legends House and did a couple songs on their wrestling albums, including Tutti Fruity and also um, Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. Happy 54th birthday to Charles, I mean, John Charles Layfield. Love him or hate him as JBL. Smart guy, a dick to other people in wrestling, but I had one of the best uh, clotheslines in the business. And there we go. Happy 74th birthday to Zeb Coulter, a.k.a. Dirty Dutch Mantel. He's been in the business for nearly 50 years and has nearly worked in every major wrestling promotion in North America. In his 42 years in the wrestling business, he worked nearly every major wrestling promotion in North America, including two runs in WWE as manager and color commentator for Smoky Mountain Wrestling, a poker for WWC and IWA in Puerto Rico, and TNA in the United States. Away from the ring, he uh, pushed for a law that would require uh, parolees whose crimes were related to drugs and alcohol to be tested via monitoring device every half hour. This was followed by the death of his 16-year-old granddaughter in 2012 after she uh, was in a fatal auto accident with a man who was running from the police at the time. The law went into effect in July 2014. It also was the 71st birthday of the legendary Jerry the King Lawler. He has a 50-year wrestling career and just celebrated it uh, recently with his event. He was a disc jockey uh, for a radio station, started announcing for WWF in 1992 on Superstars. He had a heart attack on air uh, during an episode of Raw in 2012 in Montreal 
and was saved by Michael Cole, and returned just two months later. He twice ran for mayor in Memphis, finishing uh, third in 1999 and fifth in 2009. Butler is also an accomplished commercial artist and is an avid uh, Browns and Indians fan, plus a collector of Coca-Cola memorabilia. He was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2007, and I was at that one in Detroit at the Fox Theater just before WrestleMania 23, the same night that his good friend, good old JR, was also inducted. <clears throat> it's uh, neat how we add our own little tidbits as we're going through uh, what's written on here. <laughs> So, uh, November 3rd, <clears throat> sorry, November 30th, as I screw up, uh, 41 years ago today in Tokushima, Japan, Antonio Inoki defeated Bob Backlund to win the WWF Championship. He would vacate the championship a week later in Tokyo following a rematch that went to a no contest due to interference by Tiger Jeet Singh. Backlund would regain the title in mid-December de by defeating Bobby Duncan uh, in a Texas death match. The WWE recognizes Backlund as officially having one uninterrupted championship run from 78 to 83. But don't feel bad for Anoki. He was put in the WWE Hall of Fame in 2010 and won the WWF World Martial Arts Heavyweight Championship twice. Where's that belt? Bring that belt back! 23 years ago today, ECW presented November to Remember. Rob Van Dam and Tommy Dreamer went to an old contest in ECW vs. WWF flag match. Sabu defeated the Sandman in a tables and ladders match. Shane Douglas defeated Bam Bam Bigelow to win the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. Douglas would hold the championship for a company record 405 days, beating his uh, first reign at 385. Way to go! 22 years ago today on Raw's War, from Baltimore, uh, Big Boss Man defeated Mankind in a ladder match to win the WWF Hardcore Championship. 22 years ago today on Nitro from Chattanooga, uh, Bret Hart defeated Diamond Dallas Page by KO to win the uh, WCW United States Championship. Conan defeated Chris Jericho to win the World Television uh, Championship. Ten years ago today, Celeste Bonin, a.k.a. Caitlin, uh, wins NXT Season 3. She was the last-minute replacement for Isis at the Amazon. That's right, you heard me. Replacement for Isis, the Amazon, who got dropped because of naughty pictures. It's a happy 47th birthday to William Jason Riso, best known to wrestling fans as Christian. Uh, Riso signed with the WWF in 98 after winning his first championship in his in-ring debut. That was light heavyweight belt. Um, and actually next week on uh, Wrestling History, there's a uh, bit on that light heavyweight belt and perhaps some history about it you did not know existed. Uh, Christian and his brother. Now, don't be Googling that shit before next week and spoil it. Okay. Christian and his brother, Friend Edge, um, would go on to be the top 10 of all time tag teams in WWF. And not many times did both tag partners, when split, up win the top prize in the same company. 
uh, they did indeed totally read Apostolus. December 1st, 48 years ago today in Yokohama, Japan, Bobo Brazil defeated Kentaro and Oki to win the vacated NWA International Heavyweight Championship. 46 years ago today in Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania, Stan Stasiak defeated Pedro Morales to win the WWF Heavyweight Championship. Stasiak ends Pedro's 1,027-day reign. However, Stasiak only held on to the belt for just over a week. I would call this a popcorn fart. 22 years ago today, at Raw taping, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mankind defeated The Undertaker and The Rock via DQ. WWF got poo-pooed on by the USA Network for the crucifixion of Steve Stone, um, Jesus, Austin, uh, to the Catholic League and Phil Donnelly. I do remember seeing this when it happened. Uh, I did think that WWF did go over the edge on that. However, I'm glad they did because that's some classic shit to watch and go, oh my God, this, they got away with it. Uh, eight years ago today in Rizada, California, Adam Cole defeated Kevin Steen in a Gorilla Warfare match to win the Pro Wrestling Gorilla World Championship. It's a happy 49th birthday to Stephanie, you know, Chio, best known to wrestling fans of Trinity. Uh, Stephanie made her. <laughs> Stephanie made her professional wrestling debut in October 2002. In January 2003, um, I imagine that has something to do with her character because I don't really remember this chick. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, Stephanie made her professional wrestling debut in October 2002. In January 2003, uh, Frenico debuted for Team A at Trinity. In March, she became the first woman to compete for the, one of the Team A's male championships, but was defeated by Kid Cash for the X-Men title. She would leave Team A later in the year for WWE. After a brief run in Ohio Valley Wrestling, WWE's developmental territory. Benedito debuted at Trinity for the rebooted ECW as a member of the Full-Blooded Italians. Less than two weeks after her ECW debut, she injured her knee on a moonsault to the outside during a cat fight. She underwent surgery and would be sparingly used until her release in June 2007. Following her WWE release, she began concentrating on stunt work. Her stunt work has been in a number of Hollywood blockbusters, including Anaconda, Daredevil, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Spider-Man 2, The Bourne Ultimatum, Burn After Reading, Sex in the City 2, and Ernest Goes to Wrestling School. Besides being canceled, uh, sorry, besides being a certified um, aerobics instructor and dancer, she also has dabbed in roller derby in recent years, joining the Strong Island der Derby Revolution as a jammer. And I, <clears throat> and I think it's about time that uh, roller derby... Back to TV. Uh, December 2nd, 51 years ago in 1969 in Osaka, Japan, Dory Funk Jr. and Antonio Noki fought for a 60-minute draw for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. 
23 years ago, a British wrestling legend Shirley Big Daddy Crabtree died at a stroke in Halifax General Hospital in his hometown of Halifax, England. He was 67. He was a second-generation uh, generation wrestler. He at one time held the Guinness Book of World Records for a 64-inch chest. Shirley also had a brother and three nephews in the wrestling business at the time of his death. Twenty years ago today, WWF presented Rebellion 2000 in the Sheffield Arena in Sheffield, England. The only belt to change hands saw Crash Holly defeat William Regal to win the European Championship. Thirteen years ago today, TNA presented Turning Point from the Impact Zone. TNA's version of Money in the Bank, the Feaster Fired Match. In the bout, about a dozen competitors fight to grab one of four briefcases hanging on both. They can only claim the prize if they leave the ring with both feet on the floor and the case in their position. The match continues until all four cases are claimed. On the first impact following the match, the contents of the cases are revealed. Ala de Ormovio. The cases contain one of the following a TNA um, Heavyweight Championship match, a World Tag uh, match, a TNA Exhibition, or a pink slip. And kind of the stupid thing about this is it, once they won it, but before it was revealed, I like trade it back and forth and all this goofy shit, and I, I'm not putting all that in because my god, it was so confusing. That's why it's not supposed to be confusing. Anyways, on that uh, card, we saw Scott Snyder, Sension PG James, and Tim Williams each won one of the briefcases. And really, I don't care who won what after that. Abyss and Raven defeated Black Rain and Relic in a match of 10,000 tacks. That could be one to YouTube. Uh, Kaz and Booker T defeated Christian Cage and Robert Rude. Ten years ago today, Hassan Hamand Assad, born Elvin Burke Jr., a.k.a. MVP, asked for and is given his release from WWE. He would up, end up in New Japan Wrestling as the first ever IWGP IC champion in 2011. And it's a happy... The 54th birthday for Kenzuke Shinzaki, best known to wrestling fans as Jinsei Shinzaki, or Hakuji, uh, a pioneer uh, of the luchador style that would be embraced worldwide in the 90s. Shinzaki began with Universal Lucha Libre in 91 as the masked Mongolian Yuga. In 94, he joined the WWF as Hakuji, meeting White Dads or White Master. After leaving the WWF and a brief stunt in ECW, he returned to his native Japan. Shinzaki is also a co-founder of Sendai Girls Pro Wrestling, along with Joshi Niko uh, Satomura. And he was a great wrestler. Uh, WWE didn't know what really to do with him, but uh, at least he did get seen by North American audiences. And he, he he's one of my favorite um, kind of B-listers, if you will. December 3rd. Uh, Bret Hart. Sorry? Great matches with Bret Hart. If you go back to yes. uh, the uh, In Your House series, uh, they did a couple of uh, really good matches uh, against each other. And then he got turned face and was hooked up with uh, Barry Horowitz. Yeah, he could have just remained either bad or just a mysterious guy. Kind of in-between character. You know, it didn't, didn't really matter if he was good or bad. Uh, 25 years ago... 
Yeah, we're on December 3rd here, 25 years ago. WWF presented this choosing in Texas. Dark matches, Red Piper, pay-per-view matches were. That was a dark match. By the way, Rick Flair defeating Roddy Piper. That's a pretty damn good dark match. Um, Red Heart defeated Skinner by submission to retain the WWF IC Championship. Brady Savage defeated Dick Roberts post-match. Uh, Roberts bitch slapped uh, Miss Elizabeth. Hulk Hogan defeated. Now, where the hell was Hulk Hogan then? Huh? He couldn't come down and fucking help? No. Hulk Hogan defeated The Undertaker to win the WWF Championship. However, it would be vacated for the 92 Royal Rumble. Fifteen years ago today in Los Angeles, California, uh, Joey Ryan defeated Kevin Steen to win the Pro Wrestling Gorilla Heavyweight Championship. Ooh. In the last day, what boo? The guy who defeated uh, Kevin Steen. Oh, Joey Ryan. Yeah, boo. Uh, he, he's been in some hot. He's been in some hot water of late, but he is a good performer. Uh, 14 years ago today, WWE presented ECW December to December uh, from the James Brown Arena in Augusta, uh, Georgia. About uh, 4,800 were in attendance with just 90,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. That is the lowest number of buys for a pay-per-view up to 2016. Uh, the show is considered by many to be among the worst pay-per-views in just the WWE history of professional uh, wrestling history. The main event uh, featured an extreme elimination chamber match. Ashley defeated the Big Slow, who was on his way out, RVD, Hardcore Holly, CM Punk, and Test. And that is your weekend history. Yeah, I think this last picture I have up here for those watching uh, is Paul Heyman outside the Elimination Chamber with his hand on his face. And if you ask him about this event, uh, it was his last draw with working with WD for a long while. He was involved with the creative of the rebooted ECW, but yeah, this was basically a last draw. They only had uh, the Elimination Chamber and the Hardys against Eminem actually booked for the show. And then with Big Show being injured, instead of getting him out of the match first and foremost and leaving it as a huge surprise of who's going to uh, walk out with the championship, they waited for him to be the last guy eliminated by Lashley, and he had also been pulling for CM Punk to even get the uh, title over Lashley, but obviously that got kiboshed, and the rocket was not put on uh, Punk's back at that time, and like I said, this picture of Paul Heyman with his head in his hand, just shaking his head, of almost looking embarrassed about what's going on, definitely speaks volumes for the ill-fated December to Dismember event uh, from ECW. But, thank you once again for taking us down a uh, trip of memory lane. Uh, said a lot of tributes for this week uh, involving birthdays, a few events here and there, and some title changes, but it's always interesting to see what happens uh, in the world of wrestling uh, and Hopefully, like I said, uh, maybe people can learn from the past to bring to the future and uh, build things better. 
But that is everything for this week. Please make sure to uh, contact me to buy your t-shirts and posters uh, supporting uh, Sick Kids Hospital and Students Wrestling Journey. Um, you won't regret it. It's an amazing t-shirt. 22 stars of the independent wrestling scene. We are still looking for a couple of panelists to join us for Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Uh, the show, unfortunately, does not work with just two people. We need an odd number of people. Three to five would be uh, ideal. And, uh, yeah, if you're a history uh, buff and uh, are opinionated and like to uh, at least give uh, some pros and cons and have good uh, conversation, Fantasy Warfare Tournament is a really good show to be a part of. And you can be part of the uh, broadcast with myself and Jonesy. And uh, just look back on the best of the best uh, aspects of wrestling. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, as I said, uh, tribute to the troops this uh, Sunday on your Fox affiliate. Uh, still looking to see if uh, Candace can uh, broadcast it on Sportsnet. And then, of course, Sunday is going to be uh, NXT TakeOver War Games. Uh, five matches assigned, including two War Games matches from the CWC. So looks like it's going to be a great card. Jonesy, you got anything else to add before we get out of here? Uh, no, I don't. I'm glad this, this is over because pretty much this whole broadcast, you've been sounding like a board to me. I don't know what's wrong. Something's interfering. You know, when someone turns on, you know, something else in the house, like a vacuum or something, you hear, well, it's been going, but your voice is going with it. So it sounds like you're a freaking board. Yeah. And I got no feedback from anybody who's been watching to say that it's on my end. So thankfully, I guess, uh, in my case, that we're good. Uh, I'm sorry for your end of things hearing it that way. <laughs> At least we got through it. Um, Canadian Pro Wrestling uh, Hall of Fame uh, voting concluded uh, uh, midnight on uh, November 30th. So thank you, everybody who uh, did uh, vote for that. We'll be making an announcement of the uh, actual inductees very shortly. That will happen also on a uh, show with Chris Maloney and myself on uh, January 18th, 12th anniversary of uh, CWN. And uh, he's uh, in the process, I think, contacting those who were uh, voted in by uh, the fans and will uh, make an announcement soon. And it's a GoPro Hard, uh, Go Hard Pro, should I say, um, December 24th. Yeah, holding all right and uh, friends. Crowdfunded. Give them uh, some support. Give them some love. And they can put together more shows. But what else are you going to do on Christmas Eve if you're uh, not able to be with your family outside of your own home? So uh, enjoy that. Thank you, everybody, for being a part of this show. And we are out of here.